This is The Antidote on 92.7 FM. is the antidote with dave hawkins i want to thank one of our american listeners daniel moore who suggested our opening song from the uk band vienna ditto came i know his blood we're taking a look tonight at a style of music that i rarely if ever play on the antidote worship music which is a topic that sometimes creates real issues in some churches i mean it's too loud it's too mellow it's not worshipful enough i only want hymns and so on and so on Tonight we have a guest in the studio, Colin Maltby, who performs as the Crows and Doves. Colin, it's great to have you here, man. Thanks for having me over here, Dave. <laughs> We've talked about doing this for a while, so, and now it's actually happening. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a little while away, but it's good to be here. You're a student here in Peterborough at Master's College and Seminary. So what's your focus at school? 
my focus right now is uh, I'm just in Bible college and uh, yeah, just pursuing pastoring, uh, specifically in youth. And uh, I'm looking more towards a worship uh, stream, towards doing music in churches and stuff. So, Okay, that's how many years are you going to be uh, here? We're, I'll, I'm taking the four-year course at Master's. And uh, after that, I'm looking to go to Hillsong possibly for a year just to experience some more music. Uh, to the land down under. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. <laughs> How many hour flight? Twenty two hour flight. Yeah, it's it's a long. I don't know how long it is. I'm just more scared of the the creatures there. Everything's poisonous. Everything's poisonous. Everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See, that's why they made it a penal colony. I believe so. Maybe they were just trying to get rid of all the people that they sent there. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you said it's a four year course. How long till you graduate? Uh, I'm in my second year right now. So uh, as of next September, I'll be in my third year. So just two more years to go, and it's just it's just flying by. I can't believe I'm already two years in. And, yeah, it's just nuts. And what do you think of Peterborough? It's very different from where I grew up. I grew up in Milton, so being in Peterborough is just a very different type of city. There's one-way streets, and I've never seen those before. <laughs> like, usually around uh, Milton area, we don't get many of those, so. You do have traffic lights there, though. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Milton's grown to, like, a huge city now. It used to be a farm town, but coming to Peterborough has been a, it's kind of a cool experience, taking me outside of uh, Milton, where I was pretty much born and raised. And what I was shocked to find out earlier as we were talking in the station kitchen here is that you didn't realize that Peterborough is really a music town. Here you are as a musician, yeah. and you didn't realize Peterborough was a music town. Well, yeah, like I, I've totally, I've walked uh, downtown many times, and I've seen, uh, you know, bars and, and uh, a lot of places that play music. I've heard lots of bands as I've been walking by the streets. I've just never, uh, you know, just been so busy with school that I haven't really had time to really get out there and do some uh, music, whether it's worship or secular stuff. So, Well, we've got a track lined up. Child Body Bride by My Epic. When they laid my king to rest, it was my shame he walked to bed. And it's the only part of him the Father did not resurrect.
The Antidote is here in the studio tonight with Colin Maltby. You've got a name, though. You go by a band name. A band name. Crows and the Doves. Crows and Doves. How did you choose that? That's a good question because, you know, I, I uh, in school I was known as a hockey player. And, uh, you know, everyone knew me as Maltby or Maltz or uh, Call. And, and uh, growing up, I just kind of want to separate my, my hockey identity with a, kind of a music passion that I had. And uh, for me, I, I, I like very various styles of music. And uh, for me, I kind of picked two symbols, where, which are in birds. Uh, I see crows as a... Uh, like you see in a lot of movies, like, uh, you know, dark things when you think of crows. You think of uh, funeral scenes and you think of all, like, these sad things when I, th- when I think of a crow. And uh, and when I think of doves, I think of weddings. I think of happy things. I don't know. And uh, I felt like the crows and doves kind of reflected the style of music that I like. That kind of – I like sad music, but I also like happy music. I think it kind of reflects life in general, just the good and the bad. And, and uh, so, yeah, I kind of just – something that kind of just popped in my head one day. And I said, I really like that idea. And I think I just – wanted to keep with it you don't remember a story from years ago was it easter i think and the pope was actually releasing these white doves and the seagulls and the crows tried to kill all the doves yeah <laughs> it's because that. of course they're white they're albino and of course you yeah. know in nature it's something different so you've got to get rid of it yeah but we're not going to get rid of you because no. you're here for the night tonight no, I'm, we, I'm here we got your trap we got the door closed and yeah, there's no escape yeah there's no escape <laughs> <laughs> but your focus is worship music. Yep. So why choose worship music? Why choose worship music? I see worship music for me has always been something that uh, it's probably closer to God. And uh, there's just something about worship music that kind of sets its side itself from secular music for me. I mean, I listen to a lot of secular music, um, City in Color, Jack Johnson. Black so you got to explain, secular meaning non-Christian. Non-Christian, just kind of what you hear on the radio. Um, and uh, yeah, like worship music for me has just been something that's just, um, it takes the focus off ourselves. I feel like the world is so, uh, we're so conceived about ourselves, you know, uh, especially North America. We're just so, it's all me, me, me. Um, it's all what I want. And, and worship music kind of takes off what we want to kind of reflects on what God wants. You know, I, I feel like worship music kind of takes the mainstream idea and it completely twists it around it, not about us, but about God. Okay. I guess I've got a very wide range of musical tastes, but worship often isn't part of that. You know what? We're going to let you announce our next track. So we're going to play something that you enjoy. And actually, I enjoy this band, too. Yeah, the Renan Collective Band is just... Uh... It's a band that's kind of taken worship music as we usually know and kind of twisted it to kind of uh, what sounds like the Lumineers, I guess, in, uh, mm-hmm. in terms of worship. I love this band. And uh, and yeah, it's just something that's really different and something that uh, I enjoy listening to to kind of change things up a bit. So here we go. This is one of Colin's picks. Come set your rule and reign in our hearts again. Increase in us, we pray. Unveil why we're made Come set our hearts ablaze with hope Like wildfire in our very souls Holy Spirit, come invade us now We are your church We need your power in us Your kingdom first We hunger and we thirst Refuse to waste our lives For you're our joy and prize To see the captive hearts released The hurt, the sick, the poor at peace We lay down our lives for heaven's course We are your church Build your kingdom here Let the darkness fear Show your 
This is the antidote with Colin Maltby and Dave. And hey, Dave, you have to put up with me tonight. <laughs> you're a fun guy. You're at least you're fun to put up with. Okay, so we we're talking about worship music. I was talking about divergent tastes. Yep. Give us a background. Okay, you refer to it as secular, but so just what Re- regular bands? What do you regular like? bands aside from worship? Yeah. <sighs> I'd say uh, you know I like growing up. My dad um, opened me to many styles of music. Whenever we'd be in the car driving to hockey, he'd always play various artists from the 80s and the 90s and and uh, for me i, I kind of like everything but if i had to pick a select few i'd say um you know city in color uh ed sheeran the black mm. keys uh alexis on fire even a little bit of zach brown band a little bit of country to throw in there and i'm kind of like i like to be all over the place i like to listen to different stuff because it kind of gives me more of a creative side when i'm doing worship music to kind of bring those elements from secular music into worship music so so what was the last live band you went to see? The last live band I went to go see? Um, let's say City in Color, I think, in Toronto, just uh, probably a year ago. Or I think it was in August, and uh, the ACC sold out. Wow. That yeah, was a great show, great show. Some worship guys can almost sell out. Some worship, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, I know uh, Hillsong, Hillsong sells out pretty much wherever they go. <laughs> Uh, whether it's Young and Free or it's United or Live, uh, they have like a bunch of different bands. Uh, Jesus Culture, they sell out pretty good, and and uh, yeah, like like I follow a lot of the guys on Facebook and Twitter and and that stuff. So you get to see their concerts, and yeah, that just does not look like an empty seat in the house uh, every <laughs> single time, which is nuts. But it's good. Well, I'm going to steal a question from a podcast that I listen to. And he's also been a guest on The Antidote, Josh Clifton of Ravenhill. Okay. And on his show, he's often asked the same question of his guests. What was the first album you ever had? First album I ever had. Oh, my gosh. First album. Even if it's embarrassing, you have oh, to say what oh it was. Oh, my gosh. That's a hard question. Um, can it be the first album I ever really remember? Totally. Because I, I, I didn't really have an album. I kind of listened to various songs, like the popular songs. Um, on albums, so I didn't really have my first ever complete album that I can really remember um, was "Bring Me Your Love" by City and Color, because uh, my uncle uh, owned that CD and he'd played all the time when he was home, and it was the only album that I really heard from front to back and actually enjoyed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was my uncle Ron, and he would just play "Bring Me Your Love" every single time he got home from work, and I would just listen to it. So I'd say that would be my first album I actually really remember by City and Color. And, and that was how many years ago? Oh man, that was like pretty sure bring me your love came out like in 2008 or 7 so it would have been like in elementary school because up till then you don't really pay attention to albums i think you just kind of pick whatever's kind of good on the radio at that point so you're giving your age away now but of course you blew me away when the first time you said how old you were you said oh i'm 19 it's like no way come on well 20 now i just had my birthday a couple weeks ago so (laughs) 
I mean, I'm out of the teens now, but yeah. Yeah, but you're one of those guys that look like you're 27, 28. Oh my gosh, don't yeah, say that. That's what my wife that's thought. Why, that's so. why I, I'm clean shaven for those who can't see. Uh, I purposely shaved today so I can look 20 for you. So, okay, so we were talking about some of the divergent styles. Yep. I've got another one set up for you. I mean, you don't usually think of punk music as being worshipful. These guys, Living Fire, they do sort of a cool job on this song. Listen in to Carry Me. Okay, I queued up the wrong track. But what we do have playing is a new song. Sarah Brusco, her hubby sent me this album a while ago. Really interesting sound. Sort of cigarettes and light vocals. Listen into this. mentioning that was pretty chill and that is because i didn't cue up the right song but now we get to do play the right one so that was as he was mentioning it's the calm before the storm living fire he brought the word Man, the works of his glory, his grace, a verse. 
Collins got friends listening in tonight. Anybody you want to say hi to? Yeah, I got to say hi to uh, Calvin D'Souza out of Western University. He's my uh, he's one of my brothers, so just want to say hi to him. I know he's listening in, so uh, <laughs> and mom and dad obviously too. Can't miss them. Got to do that. Tell him that he owes you something for that too. Yeah, Cal, if you're listening to this right now, you owe me big time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we were talking about worship before. Now, here's a question, though. Of course, a lot of people may not even be aware. What's the difference between a song written from a Christian perspective mm-hmm. and a worship song? See, this is this is the this is I call this the golden question for worship music because people it's a, it's a hard line to go by for some people. They don't know the difference between like the difference between a Christian song and a worship song. What is the big difference? And I feel um, a Christian perspective song could be a song like "Happy" by Pharrell. You know, it's a song with a great message, a song about being happy even through the bad times. And it's it's biblical to be joyful in the Lord even though when storms come. You know. Um, that we can rely on God and just be happy in a sense, right? So, and how could um, you not be happy how, watching the video that know, he did for that? Exactly, it's, <laughs> it's brilliant, right? So, when I listen to songs like "Happy" with a good um, biblical Christian moral standpoint, I, I think of Christian perspective songs. Even if maybe the artist is even Christian, um, we look at uh, like artists like The Fray, who uh, you know we know they're Christian and, and they write songs that you can kind of pick out have a Christian perspective on things, and uh, but they're just kind of in the secular music industry which is totally cool something wrong with that like i said earlier worship music is just it's not about us uh we write songs about i and we but it's who i and we are directing to to it's who i and we are actually talking about and when we hear we hear a lot of i and we in worship music but it's 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 really who are we talking about and yeah i think that's just a big difference okay we brought up the point about earlier about hill song oh yeah saying like they're huge this they is are. a huge band it's crazy. world worldwide worldwide like really it sounds crazy to say it's probably one of the biggest bands worldwide popularity yeah, wise i think they are i've heard a couple of friends say that when they bring hillsong into venues like they're the most expensive band to bring into venues because of lights and click tracks and their equipment and it's just and they're coming from australia and they're bringing a lot of a people a lot of stuff and they a have lot a of lot people. of people yeah but this is what's interested you in actually going to Australia. Yeah, you know what? Uh, when I first started getting into worship music, uh, my youth pastor, um, who's still my mentor, Mike Mike Burns from uh, Southside Community Church back home in Milton, he invited me out to a Hillsong concert. And I believe it was the Aftermath Tour. And uh, just watching them with their passion for worship music, you can totally tell that they do their absolute best for worship music and for God. And... Uh, it really inspired me um, to kind of get into Ilsong to a different level, and uh, yeah, now I'm just I'm really I'm really I really enjoy listening to Hillsong because they were kind of like my first worship band that I ever really listened to, and for many people, it'll be their first worship band because their sound is really relative to today's music. So yeah, and you've got a song queued up for us. Yeah, we got "Relentless" by uh, Hillsong Night Off Zion.
And that was Hillsong with Relentless. Question's always got to be, these guys cost so much money. Oh, yeah. Like, I've heard, I've heard over 70, 75. I've heard 100 grand to have these guys come and do a show. Mm-hmm. So is this just a big money grab? Is this a big money grab? It's a great question. I feel, um, personally, I feel like it can be sometimes. But um, beyond how much it costs to bring them over and, you know, how much lights they have and the equipment, I think it really comes down to their heart behind worship music. And if, you know, what they're doing is actually uh, for God or for themselves. And uh, when I listen to the band like Hillsong or when I watch them live, they're very, they make it clear that they're just not making it about themselves, that they're making it about um, everyone in the building at that point and trying to get them to sing the songs and uh, to kind of encourage everybody. And that's not just Hillsong, you know, Jesus Culture, Bethel, um, Running Collective, Israel Houghton, you know, those those big bands, I feel if if their heart is behind it, whether it's in front of 10,000 people or 10 people around a campfire with an acoustic guitar, then it doesn't matter at all. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those yeah. things where if you don't have a heart for God and a passion for God um, to make his name famous, not our name, not our band name, you know, um, then we're not doing our jobs right as a worship team and a worship band. So how much are you going to charge? How much am I going to charge? <laughs> oh, man. I haven't even got there yet. I haven't really thought about that. I, I feel like it probably costs for the venue. That's where probably the big cost comes in, too. But, but of course, I've, I've brought up the same point to other bands, you know, because you can say, yeah, you've got the passion, you've got the heart, you want to do this. But, you know, I told somebody, he said, you have to be able to make enough money being on the road to buy a can of beans for dinner. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? I think... Uh, Hillsong Church, I mean, they make a lot of money just within their own church. And I think, uh, like, when I go when I go to Hillsong concerts or any type of worship concert, like, a lot of the money that they make off that concert goes to charities and, and places in need, uh, even if it's across the globe. Like, they just kind of take the money, most of it. I think they just keep what they need, but they don't keep everything because I think it's kind of against what they believe. And um, I was watching a documentary on Hillsong a little while ago, and, and they said, like, from the get-go their plan was always to do concerts but to never keep any money and just give it to the people who need it good for them good for them and yeah because yeah. i know a few bands that play pack up and leave and that's it well i've got another band set up here ready to play who is really popular yeah they played acc because they opened up for taylor swift i think that was about a year ago so we got need to breathe one of my wife's favorite Great songs band. especially right now i think she's starting to overdose on this but she's really enjoying it So Bav, here it goes. Need to breathe, multiplied. Your love is like radiant diamonds Bursting inside us We cannot contain Your love will Surely come find us Like blazing wildfire Singing your name God of mercy, love of mine I have surrendered to your design May this offering stretch across the skies These hallelujahs be multiplied Your love is like radiant diamonds Bursting inside us cannot contain Your love will surely confine us like blazing wildfire singing your name God
I gotta be honest, I really find that worship lyrics are typically, they're really simple, but is there not a place for more depth? I feel like uh, there are some worship bands that definitely go deeper in their lyrics, and I think there's a reason for it. I feel like for some people, when they listen to worship music, they want more of a deeper meaning than just the typical, you know, you are God, you are good. And they mm-hmm. want to go kind of deeper than that. And th- I think that's cool. I think more than the Jesus love songs. More than, yeah, the, more than just the Jesus loves me, this I know type of deal. But um, for me, when I first started, I really enjoyed the songs that were simple because I understood them. And now being in Bible college and getting into theology, I, I enjoy the deeper, you know, lyrically songs because it makes worship music more um, kind of a hard thing to put into words because when you, when you listen to deeper worship music, it almost seems like you're getting more out of it, in a sense, because you're talking about deeper things that are biblical. And, and But I, for me, when I first started listening to worship music, it was the simple songs that really got me into the deeper stuff eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you've been in kind of church your whole life, I think it's kind of hard to go right straight to the deep stuff when you don't know a lot of the context that they're talking about. Yeah. Okay. But really, I find so much of the worship music I hear, it goes by a formula. Yep. You know, or it's contrived. So are there bands in worship that are doing anything different? Oh my gosh. Yes, totally. Um, I feel like over the past 10 years, we've kind of taken worship music and been able to go to different genres. We've been able to do worship in punk, uh, worship in uh, like running collective, like the Lumineers, uh, Mumford and Son style, um, even like Hillsong Young and Free, kind of taking a dance kind of uh, root of worship and I, no, Pentecostals aren't allowed to dance. Oh my God. Isn't that true? Uh, I guess, yes. <laughs> Some parts of, of the denomination say that. I don't know. I like to dance. I'm sorry. I like making fun. I know. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, it encourages me to kind of take worship music and kind of be creative with it. I think uh, if it all sounded the same all the time, people would just get bored of it. And I feel like as our world's kind of changing in terms of music, I think it's kind of cool that we can make Christian music kind of make it relative to the people uh, who aren't Christian just to listen to, even if they don't agree with what, you know, the lyrics are saying. But that's the point, because Christians and churches often talk about whether the way they're presenting Christianity is relevant. Is current worship music relevant? I think it's starting to become relevant. I really do. I really feel like stuff I'm listening to now, I mean, I wish I had in high school. I wish I had growing up because they were so... I felt like worship music was kind of in a box the past, you know, previous years. Like when I kind of grew up, it was just kind of, it all kind of sounded somewhat the same. But now I, I'm just so happy to see that there's more than just Hillsong. I mean, Hillsong is great and, I, and, I, and they were my first band and I, and I really enjoy listening to them. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I can move past Hillsong and listen to other types of styles of bands. Because um, it helps me, as a, especially as a worship leader and, and you know, a person who's going to be developing worship music to have... Um, not just Hillsong to listen to and bounce off ideas from, but to bounce ideas off from various bands. And, I, and like I said before, I think it goes back to the heart of it, of uh, where these bands are coming from. You know, if they want to do punk worship music and, and they have a heart for God, then amen, like do it. You know what I mean? Well, you've got one of your favorites, I know, Jesus Culture. Oh, yeah. Jesus Culture Awakened Me. Great song. Here we go.
You've got some talent on your own. So tonight's your night. This yep. is it. Live performance. Live performance. A lot of fun. <laughs> cool. Acoustic guitar. This is the first time I've done this with an artist here in the studio. Oh, really? Yeah. It's yeah, a pleasure I haven't to done be. this before. I'm going to let you you give us the intro for your own song. Yeah, this is a song called I Will Follow by Vertical Church Band. Uh, it's a really good song. I got uh, Vertical Church Band is a band that I recently just got into in the past couple months, and uh, this is a great song. It's a great song of uh, surrender and just confessing that we're going to follow God no matter what happens, through the good, through the bad, through the ugly. So here we go. I believe everything 
人紧紧哈。Solo effort. There you go. <laughs> the crows and doves. Call them Alpi. Thanks for sharing that, man. No, that was, was great. That was fun. You ready for a radical departure from that? A radical departure. Yeah. Another great guitarist, though. You're a great guitarist. This guy's a great guitarist. Here we go with a song by Sean Michelle.
Okay, we're really running out of time. We've actually, we're going over time a little bit tonight. But there's still a couple points we wanted to cover off. Now, here is the one question. We talked a little bit about this earlier. I guess it is a bit of an odd one. Do you think that listeners lower their expectations when listening to a Christian artist versus a non-Christian one? Oh, man. Are we talking about today or back? First We're talking about now. Now? You know what? I think... With what's been coming out, I think worship music and Christian kind of music in general has kind of been setting a standard where you'll actually hear like some bands and bars sometimes. And I feel like now more than ever, non-Christian people can come in a car, listen to Christian music and actually not even realize it's Christian music because it's so easy to listen to and it's relative to them. Right. So I think, yeah, it's it's coming to the fact where people are not making fun of you for listening to Christian music because it's kind of starting to sound like mainstream just with different lyrics and kind of not about being us but about about god cool this has been the antidote on trent radio c triple f peterborough and i hope you enjoyed our look into worship music with colin maltby of the crows and doves next week spoken word is our topic a master of spoken word is levi the poet levi McAllister spoke with me a couple of weeks ago about his art and about the new Levi the Poet release, Correspondence of Fiction. So be sure to tune in again next week at 9. Okay, one last thought. Metal as a form of worship. <laughs> it's a great way to end it. Uh, what, what are my thoughts on Yeah, what metal? are your thoughts? Like I said, man, if it's if the people behind doing this metal worship, uh, by the way, or, or that, that whole genre of metal, Screamo, um, I really admire bands who do that because there's a lot of people who listen to that stuff that don't get worship music that they listen to. When I hear bands doing that, I think it's awesome. I think if their hearts are behind it and they're uh, they're glorifying God through their lyrics and the way they just not only are on stage but are off stage and the way they worship God um, with their lives and the, the way they act, God bless them, man. Well, this is it. Colin, thanks for coming on The Antidote. Oh, thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure. And here comes one of those Christian metal screamo worship songs and this is from a band that i just saw a few months ago down at a show down in belleville darkness divided divine mercy enjoy